Why, thank you. <laughs> that was me sitting down. This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. Is that a Merkin, or did you need your lawn mulch? <laughs> Oh. I couldn't get it out. I love you just leaving the strip right there, too. So just, that's the story of my life. I couldn't get it out. And this is the nope. mid this is the midnight shag fly. <laughs> nice shrubbery. Sorry. Yes. Dr. Headley. Headley. <laughs> and this is Blom the blue shag. <laughs> Hiding in the bushes over there. <laughs> it's, the, it's the blue fuzz. Hardwood floors. <laughs> Better for the shellacking. I do believe, I believe it's cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Kitchen floor so clean you could eat off of it. Is that Minwax? <laughs> Manwax. <laughs> It's Min Man Wax. I'm going to be buffing that one pretty soon. A wax on, no wax on. No. Hey, turtle wax, it's only because it's very cold. Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Beat Me Up Scott here. Get live. This, this is Dr. Hood. <laughs> and this is Bwong Fez. The teleported Fez. And you are listening to Unsane We've got uh, one of uh, a series of four episodes we're going to do tonight, which is going to be in celebration of Halloween, one of all of our favorite times of the year. Um, and tonight's subject is going to be our top five horror, horror slash science fiction movie heroes. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start at the number chicks. five and we're going to count our ways. Not yet. Heroes and heroes and heroines. But I don't know. Do we uh, do we call them heroes and heroines now? I don't I'm know. not aware of the nomenclature. Um, we uh, so we're going to start at number five. We're going to go around uh, the circle because we're in a campfire right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Watch that uh, weenie. <laughs> yeah. The um. So no, I'm gonna, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to start with uh, again. Uh, Doctor Tar. Oh, who would I think a hero? Number five. Are we talking about heroines or or your number five? Heroines or yes, I thought we were talking about women. It doesn't have to be women. It can be a man. It's heroes or heroes, heroines. If you're old school, they're all heroes in my book. Tar did not bring his list to therapy. I didn't. I didn't want to. (laughs) So let's move on. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Go on. (laughs) I'll come back. Come back to me. All right. Yeah. See, see, that's why I called him first. Because this is drama. This is high drama. (laughs) Literally. 
Um, all right, so it, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bounce over to the blue fez. All right, let me get my marshmallow back here. Okay, that's all not right. marshmallow. Is that, is that the code wait. word? Wait, Sorry. wait, wait. Well, it kind of tastes like marshmallow. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe it does. All right, no, wait. All right, never mind. Okay, number five for me. Um, so I did a little bit differently in my number five slot. I have Christine. You did say slot, right? Wait, you have Christine. 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 Hey, all right. Let me uh, let me get my pull this marshmallow <laughs> out of the fire here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. That, oh, that's not marshmallow. <laughs> okay, number five. Number five for me is Christine Bacar from Stephen King's Christine. Or I could just roll every possessed haunted vehicle in for my number five. The car, the hearse, Christine, they're all good. I, that, that's my number five. Possessed vehicles. What do you mean, came back? I'm sorry, Arnie, I can't. I know you're jealous. The kitten's cut in half, Arnie. Riot is over. We're not finished yet! I knew a guy had a car like that once. He killed himself in it. Wait, I'm confused. Are they girls? Are they they're a hero or a heroine? I thought we were doing heroes and heroines. How could you have? Well, sure, but if you look at it from the hero <laughs> point of view. Aren't the possessed cars the heroes of those stories? Yes. Otherwise, I have to go with the they lame are. teenagers no, or the right. lame sheriff or the lame townspeople who try to stop these things. You're absolutely you right. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, I just wanted to hear your explanation for it, you know. Well, that, there, there it is. There's okay. my explanation. They are the heroes in this story. If we take a look at it from their point of view, it's just a bunch of small-minded people getting in the way, stopping them from doing what they were made to do. Kill drivers, I guess. That sounds like yeah, a, and pedestrians. That sounds like a monster. Or pedestrians. Transport people. <laughs> Not anymore. That's so <laughs> yesterday. All right, well, I guess uh, somebody had to break the mold. Way to do it right off the fucking bat. (laughs) (laughs) Loved it, loved it. All right, so... It leaked into the surrounding area. We're going to move over to Dr. Head. Dr. Head, give us your number five. Well, this is no mold breaker, but uh, my number five is Frankenstein's Monster. When this dead hand moves, the monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. (laughs) To shock women into uncontrolled hysteria. 
upon the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about, the spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein. Don't touch that! monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. <laughs> to shock women into uncontrolled hysteria. Elizabeth. To prey upon the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about, the spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein. Don't touch that! Yeah, just um, it's easy for the viewer to identify with him. There's that sense of sympathy and empathy that you have for the human in the monster. You know, there's a lot of pity, uh, or the term is romantic isolation, that you can feel for the monster. You know, he doesn't really know anything. He just kind of finds himself thrown in this world and doesn't, you know, completely ignorant, just trying to experience things and just is uh, unduly abused and treated badly. And, and he just wants to find his maker. He just wants to find sense of this world and, and what his purpose is. So that's uh, pretty heady, in, I know. But Frankenstein was some of the earliest movies I loved, the, the Universal movies. I remember just watching those all the time with my cousins and just loving that that series of movies that Universal put out. Excellent. Okay, I think, so I, I think uh, Tar was was wanting to say something in there. I was waiting for him to say something. Oh I'm, no, I, I forgot where I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone was Must saying. Must not something. been too important. Check your list. All right, we're going to go to <laughs> Professor Feather. What's your number five? Number five, uh, Barbara Blair. Uh, Judith Tallman is the real actress. This is from uh, the 1990 version, Tom Savini's version, of Night of the Living Dead. They came to pay their respects. Uh, 
Coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're going to be all right? Cooper, you got to help me out! And every road out... Don't stop no matter what happens. ...is just another dead end. They're coming right for us! George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. I think she's just this terrific heroine because she starts out relatively subdued and turns out to be pretty pretty kick-ass oh, yeah. by the end, you know? Uh, yeah. Very, Which is a nod to Tom. Yes, very things. and very good. I really like that, you know? Um, I like that whole attitude. And, you know, and I think, you know, I didn't like the movie because I, I'm, I'm a purist. I love the original and don't think it needed to be touched. But it's okay. Um, I think Tom Savini did a good job touching it. And so there you go. <laughs> did he charge you money, though? All right, so that's your number five. All right, that's Dr. Professor Feathers number five. Professor Feathers yes. five. All right, so now we need to have Dr. Tar. Oh, heroes and heroines that I remember. Um, one of my first exposures. Uh, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. The the serial Buster Crab. Remember those before Creature Feature, and uh, all those. Buster Crab. Hell, I broke it. Buster- <laughs> <laughs> Diggity ding dong. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, I I am I really like the very first one. The that was that thirty two that was made or thirty three, the the original one. The ones after that in the forties or late thirties, I, I I didn't care for those. But the very first one is the one I remember seeing. And I, yeah, I kind of got into it. Does anybody remember the Mongo? Was that monster that was in the pit with the big lobster claws? <laughs> what the hell was that? Anyway, <laughs> that's the one for my number five. That, that okay, Flash Gordon. Buster Crab. The Buster, Buster Crab. Crab. Buster Crab. Buster Crab. Yeah. He was also a Tarzan. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Before Johnny. Before Johnny. Who do you like better, Buster Crab or Johnny Weissmiller as Tarzan? Johnny Weissmiller. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Same. Yeah, right. Marina Sullivan. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go, Dr. Head. Okay, well, my favorite, uh, <laughs> yes. my number five is Nada and Frank, since they were both kind of co-heroes in They Live. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe, as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are, or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them, they're everywhere! 
Roddy Piper yes. and Keith David. Um, I think that movie alone is really kind of, uh, you know, a, a, a great statement on society and media and that kind of stuff, uh, and aliens. And uh, it's got that epic uh, fight scene between. Yeah, um, that fight scene is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Keith, Keith David and Roddy Piper. You know, and that whole, like, it's that just whole epic. Movie was just fun. Yes. Yeah, it's a great movie. That's what I said, and it's uh, like I have this film history book that goes through all the, the really like. Uh, important films that were made during that time and that was one of them because of everything it said like I, that one and they had RoboCop in there too I for like, just yeah. kind of the way they okay. portrayed and, and used uh, media social commentary yeah. um, but I you know I love those two guys um, R.I.P. Ra- Rowdy Rowdy Piper and uh, but uh, Keith David is still going and he's going to pop up on mm-hmm. my list again and he was in yes the, he was in the thing though too wasn't he <laughs> Shut up! God damn it, I'm running this show! <laughs> You're blowing us wide! Curse, God, curse my you knowledge! You don't know a setup if, you, if my knowledge! You don't know a setup Sorry. that sat on your face, Todd. Oh, you lopped it in? I think I would. <laughs> Just for that, Dr. Tar. Dr. Tar, what's your number four? Oh. <laughs> uh, Keith David. <laughs> We're all gonna do. Oh, Keith how David. about uh, uh, that's a great segue. How about Rex, I like that one. Rex Reason in in uh, this island. Yes, two fisted science right there, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. two of you are beginning a strange journey, a journey that no Earth people have ever undertaken before. Universal International presents the most startling, the most imaginative and suspenseful science fiction drama ever brought to the screen. You'll marvel at the superior intelligence that unleashes its deadly ray. Or can kidnap an airplane in flight. 
following us up. Prisoners hurtling through endless space, speeding toward the unearthly furies of a planet gone mad. See sights never before dreamed by man. The battle between guided meteors and deadly rays. They're gonna hit us. They're gonna hit us. A planet doomed to destruction. while captive Earth people fight for their lives. It is indeed typical that you Earth people refuse to believe in the superiority of any world but your own. Run, Ruth, run! Punch your big head! <laughs> what was the name of the Bitch. machine? What was the name of the machine? The Interocitor. Yeah, the Interocitor. Had to build that Interocitor. That was great. That was great. <laughs> Where's my football, fucker? I don't think I've seen that movie. Oh, really? What? Oh. oh, man, you need to. It is. Yeah. It's, it's do a yourself good one. a favor. Oh, yeah. it's a as it's going to get. Yes, it's great. And it, yeah. In beautiful color. Yes. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Technicolor. It's, go, it's going on my list. I have one. <laughs> Is it a purge list like mine? Oh. Uh, hey, for that statement, you're next. What's your number four, Dr. Head? My number four is Stretch from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, my first hero on, the, on my list. I love Stretch. Caroline Williams plays a DJ. Yes. Who uh, is confronted with the Sawyer brothers in an, an impossible kind of situation. Thirteen years ago, audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. In the wake of this bizarre rampage, he vanished. Now, after more than a decade of silence, he has come out of hiding. Chainsaw Massacre 2. The Buzz is back. Directed by Toby Hooper. And uh, spends about a good hour screaming, but she's she's the heroine very much like what uh, Professor Feather said. Uh, starts off as, as kind of meek, is thrown into a horrible situation, and then something snaps where she's confronted with her death and then it kicks in and then she turns the tables uh, on the, her assailants. And then she emerges uh, just as every bit as psychotic as they do at the end. So I, I love stretch and uh, Caroline Williams is fantastic. She's a great person, but yes, stretch is my number four, my first heroine on my list. Excellent. Um, okay. Number four, professor feather. Number four for me is, Ash, need I say more? I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book 
Your girlfriend, you take care of her. Bruce Campbell. I love all of the uh, dead movies. I like Bruce Campbell. So <laughs> I just and I and I think you know he knows how to push something almost over the top, you know. But he has this way of not quite going over the top. He gets right there. He just I think he I, I think he has this this great acumen, you know, as an actor. Uh, this is more of a tribute to Bruce Campbell himself because I like everything that he's ever done. So, um, but you know that this is this is where he grew up, you know. This was his his formative years, and you can see it. And I love that. I love that the way the progression of uh, of his progression as an actor and also the progression of the character. Yeah, he's a uh, first. You want to kill me now? You want to kiss me? Blow. <laughs> the the uh, wait, that was my first introduction to him was at the theater. Um, I went with Professor Feather, um, and I can't remember. There's maybe a couple of other ones of you that were there as well um, to see Army of Darkness. Is that the right one? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, that, that was over at the old showcase on airport. Yep, yes, that's correct. And uh, it was, uh, I, I just loved it. I had such a great time watching that movie and I fell in love with the character. And then somebody goes, well, there's two other movies before it. This is actually <laughs> Evil Dead 3. You know? um, so those are really good, too. And then what you you said, like, uh, Briscoe County Jr. Excellent. Yeah, love yeah, that's that. That's a good show. Yeah, and my son fell in love with that show, too. And I had to buy the whole DVD collection for him. The Burn Notice TV series would not have been anywhere near as good without him. You know, he made he made that series for me. To be honest, he was the you know one, he was just nice, one of the cappers. Of he was the, a nice balance to the whole extremely, thing. Extremely, yeah, I thought. I thought yeah. and, and he's just such a great actor. And, yeah, and nobody has done a better Ronald Reagan than him ever. <laughs> Do you guys remember him being, playing Ronald Reagan? In, it was what Fargo. Yes, the TV show. Yes. Oh. Oh, I'm not familiar with that. Oh yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. 
Yeah, the, oh. if you guys haven't seen the Fargo TV I, show. I saw the first series, but I didn't. Ooh, uh, first season, right? All amazing. Or maybe it's the first iteration of the TV series, but I've not seen him in it. Yeah, I think he's in a second season, maybe. Okay. Uh, and it's just very brief. But yeah, that's really good. All right. Well, so I'll just have to watch it. I think the last. Uh, oh, oh, we have two more number fours. Uh, so, Blue Fez, what's your number four? All right. Guess I'm taking that mold and I'm just going to keep cracking it here and there. My number four are <laughs> Kaiju Monsters. Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, you name it. Uh, those are those. That's my number four. I love the big monster movies and it's kind of hard to. They did become you know, I don't the heroes. Be, I don't want to be odd and say, oh, Godzilla, because I, I kind of enjoy them all. Um, and I would argue that they are the heroes of those movies. Otherwise, you have to then go, oh, it's all the people running around making stupid decisions and getting stepped on. So, eh, screw that. Yeah. Giant monsters. Well, they're, they're not my number four. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. have it steve what about this monster story of yours well it's big and terrible and now he's making his way toward the city's main line of defense 300,000 volts of electricity strung around the city as a barrier Tokyo has no defense. I'm saying a prayer, George. A prayer for the whole world. The originals of those two movies were not heroes by any means. No, it was an interesting transformation. Yes, to utilize, to keep that marketing. Yes. Yeah, it became a marketing tool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, And after a while, the monsters aren't as scary, so they turned them into heroes, and then they became more political. Yes. Well, every bit as political as they were, but they just changed their political stance. Yeah. Which is odd. I don't and know. I, Even the original ones, when I watched them, I was still rooting for the monsters. Well, oh no, me too. But oh, well, I'm just saying. We, later yeah, on but we're movie. we're all monster kids, so sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember uh, as a kid King Kong not versus knowing Godzilla, like, why though. Godzilla was mean in some of the movies yeah. and not in others. I just didn't, you know, didn't know there was a an order to watch them, and I just knew he was. You know, I grew up watching the ones where he was already protector and savior, right. Right. and then watch those earlier ones. Everyone's like, you know, afraid of Godzilla. He's much different. And the way he treats the people, radio and it was always monster. as a kid, like hard to deal with. But uh, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, even they were making fun of themselves at that time. You yep. know what? That that yes. was more of a satire movie than 
Yeah, a lot yeah. of comedy in that know, one. It's just, yeah, I think it went. To, I think that whole the whole series went but through a transformation. You, that's another that, one you have to see the Japanese version as opposed to the American one. They cut out all the humor. I mean, just to really digs. Well, there's that. there's humor in the American version, yes. but it, it's it's that's a lot more of it in the Japanese cut. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, it's and it's just really good. It's more it it. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it's very It's a funny movie. Yes. Version. Yeah. Yeah. You miss a lot of. The I don't letters. care about your corns. <laughs> Attack of the but, Monsters. But saying that though, is the it, you know, think good. about that, you know, and how that, what that all appealed to. Yes, when they're dialing down, yeah. How it goes back down, yeah. Oh, Tar and Feather did a version of that, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> All right, so my number four... Are all plugs shameless? <laughs> ...is uh, Lori and Dr. Loomis from Halloween 1 and 2. Mm, um, I would okay. say, again, the, uh, they're a pairing, uh, you know, because they're they're both kind of like different types of heroes in the movie. Um, I think uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, for such a, like a young actress does a great transformation but still contains the terror you know me but like it's yeah. just amazing her whole kind of development um and i've always like kind of seen halloween one and two as one big movie um like i can't just i couldn't just watch one without watching the other and you know uh, immediately right. halloween night a small american town 15 years ago seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted.
and I think uh, Loomis is just great because it's Donald Pleasance. <laughs> he's just you know. he's, yeah, he's kind of a goofy little. And I'm like, what is he? What he, I have never really looked him up. Is he English or he's yes. got a weird Isn't kind he? of accent? Does anybody know? I think he's English, isn't he? I don't know. Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Maybe it's, it does sound like a, a, a British accent. Yeah. And he just yeah, he's always been in such weird little roles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's one of my favorite uh, horror movies uh, is Halloween, the original Halloween one and two, because you know they still are really tense every time I watch them. And it's transformative because yeah. Laurie is the what we've already talked about. Doctor Head and I talked about already with some of our other heroines here. You know, is the transformative, and this is the defining movie of that transformative effect uh, by a female. Yeah, this has not really been done in the in the genre until this. This is where she really. This is where the female really decides to take a an action to take a step and to transform what to become. This? What was the second one? Seventy eight and seventy. Or when first was, one was uh, seventy eight? I think the second one was what seventy nine. Yeah. When was 80, the alien? Eighty one. Alien was like what seventy seven. Seventy nine. Alien was seventy nine. Seventy nine. Anyway, I, yeah, I was just thinking, yeah. This is uh, before, strong female. This, this, yeah, no, 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 there, you, yeah, you're right. No, <laughs> yeah, Ripley is right up there. You're absolutely right. right. She well, was going to be one of mine. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's what I said. It's like the, the women that don't become victims. There was a lot of that, I think, in the late, because we also, you know, like Princess Leia is like that, too. She's not your typical, you know, laid back and, you know, laid back. She's actually mm-hmm. fighting. And, oh, you know, she's laid back. Uh, and, but that's also very much like from uh, John Carter, right? John Carter of Mars, that uh, his queen, what was her name? Deja Thoris? Yeah. Deja Thoris. She, was, she mm-hmm. was no victim either, man. No, she that's was, true. Uh, she was a badass, so. The, um, uh, you know, there's and then Conan. You got Conan yeah. and... Uh, the, uh, was it Valeria? Valeria. Valeria. Yes, I think it was, yeah. Volva. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, what was the one that Bridget Nielsen did? Uh, the second no, one. Sonia. Yeah, Red Sonia. Yeah. So that was the nineteen early nineteen thirties, where you, should, you know you have this badass character, right? Yeah, right. yeah. There were, uh, and again, Conan's uh, queen uh, was not really that. You know, she would get kidnapped, but she was not like a victim. You know, like the right. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's to me why I like Lori um, and Loomis. You know, the whole aspect from Loomis, and then just she just doesn't become a victim ever. She's terrified, and she's you, you definitely displays that terror, but she is not like you know, she just doesn't lay down and go, I can't, you know, can't do it. So that's number four. All right, next we have. Heroes and heroines. That sounds stupid. Heroes. <laughs> I like that now. Uh, much better. Number three. And that I should have been at the echo. Yeah. Number three. So much better. So much better. Okay. Um. Number three. So uh, let's start with uh, Professor Feather. P.J. McReady. From P.J. and the Bear? <laughs> Ten four. John Carpenter's The Thing. Kurt Russell. Oh. Kurt McCready. Russell. Mc... Eh, however you want to say it. I thought he was a has-been. That's why I said McReady. 
I'm Swedish, so I, was, I, I don't know. I don't pronounce it the same. The yolks on us. He just has a problem with the computer chess. That's all. That's. I think that you know we've talked about this movie a lot. You know, it's uh, no, but it's it's great Halloween, horror yeah. science fiction, and you know the the character of of you know that Kurt Russell plays is. All of them. I it's argue just a, all but, of the characters. No, in that I agree, show. but I just think he is, he is the personification of what a hero is. Yes, you know the stoic. It's the of, it's the noir aspect of yes. what a hero mm-hmm. is. You know, but it's still the uh, the the hero, and I and and I just really like that. Well, he's like a loner hero uh, because they're all you know they're some of them, uh, I should say a lot of them are kind of like loners, but he stay, stays out in that shack by himself all day. Like drinking and yeah, uh, yeah. playing chess with a computer, cheating bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna pick this one, but I have an alternative, uh, and I was gonna say him and uh, uh, Keith David as well, because doesn't Keith David, the other guy that survives at the end? Oh yes, now yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right, you're right. I do like Keith. And David. then there is a, a great yeah. ending. That was one of the best endings. Yeah, Keith David's a genius. He's also a comedic genius. Boy, how'd you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the back? Uh, oh, on a DVD somewhere, I saw they had uh, the prosthetic for that. The zipper with the balls stuck. <laughs> oh, my God. And they were all laughing about touches so with a silicon thing. That... Anyway funny stuff okay then we're on to blue fez your number three number three my number three is dead or alive you're coming with me robocop it's my number three
We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Get out of the car, for God's sake! RoboCop, the future of law enforcement. I've talked extensively about this movie before, so I won't waste a whole lot of time. I was a big robot fan growing up, so anything with robots in it was usually in, in my wheelhouse, so... RoboCop hits in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely fell in love with the movie. Loved the dark satire, the commentary, uh, the the character arc going from, you know, human to cyborg and regaining his sense of humanity at the end. Everything about that movie just clicked with me. RoboCop. Very cool. Number three. I, I got to see that before it was cut. I got to see it in the theater because they took it out for a little bit and recut it because it was... Well, that uh, Verhoeven was kind of on fire with a lot of those kind yeah. of high. They are they were almost like high budget B movies. Yes, but they also mm-hmm. had a lot of commentary, you know, uh, on society, and, uh, so yeah. like social awareness or whatever. The part where the, the toxic chemicals. Yeah, the, <laughs> well, because oh, oh that was. He does RoboCop, but then he also uh, he did Total Recall, uh, which was. I still think a really cool movie. Um, Back to Philip K. Dick. Yep, and we got another. Yep. And then uh, he moves on to Heinlein uh, with um, what's the one with the bugs? Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, which is a really cheesy movie, but I don't, there's something yeah. about it that I like. You know, I'll it's a really it. good cheesy movie. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. captures some of that Heinlein, that neo-fascist kind of yes, comedy line. But the the book doesn't. I, I, yeah, go to skew to the comedy side. It's like, and it, I guess people. That's why Heinlein is controversial because some people can't tell whether he really is a fan of that neo-fascism, or if he's if he's making fun of it. And I love the fact that he's like kept silent about that and let people just figure it out for themselves. Yeah. See, I always took it as that he was against that. He was making fun of it. And that satire, was, certainly. Yeah, and I and that was the problem I had with the movie. I wanted to like it, but I I felt like. And I wasn't sure if this was uh, Verhoeven or if this studio interference. The movie couldn't, I, for me, the movie couldn't figure out whether it was taking the side of the bugs or the fascists. Because I'll tell you, about midway through the movie, I was cheering for the bugs. I wanted every human being to get wiped out in that movie. I was so, I was so mad because it, it, it was, was the like, point. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I know, but it, it just didn't. 
I, I don't know. May, maybe I've been conditioned by too much science fiction or Twilight Zone when stuff like that happens. There's always going to be that twist at the end, and there wasn't. And the humans won, even though we started it, we perpetuated it, he and then we kind of won. Like, like, hey, uh, they lobbed rocks at us. Well, Come on right now. No, we started it, and they're just responding. <laughs> I thought they were like inter intergalactic masturbators. That's what they were doing. <laughs> I never question Heinlein's fascistic trends. <laughs> Can't even say it. Fascistic <laughs> trends. I Give never them questioned them. I think they were always there. And, and and I think, you know, he like anybody with a little bit of intelligence, you know, he, he was not above making fun of himself. You know what? He could yeah. afford to. Oh, sure, Pissed me off it? about that movie though. They got rid of the best element in the book. The it mecha. Was those suits, yeah. Those suits, yeah. Uh, how could you? And I'm sorry. Yeah, how this do you whole send movie an without this, mechanized support that right. makes no sense. But this whole movie, when they when they have open air forts, what the fuck was that? I'm sorry. Yeah, those yeah, big right. round for <laughs> it's just like they're fucking bugs. You know, it's We're just like Jesus. And their guns. Wouldn't you think they would have modified their fucking guns by at some point before that? I mean, I get the first couple of rounds, but uh, get that round. But anyway, <laughs> just, out the I, I could not get over the, the technical aspect. I I guess it was everybody keeps telling me, mm, but it was a satire. Well, fuck that. It was just like <laughs> they could have had the suits, the suits. And I don't think it was it was that good. If it was supposed to be a satire, it wasn't that good of a satire to begin with. No, no, it's and, entertaining, but it's a silly entertainment. And it's not, yeah, uh, no, that's it, what I thought. He it's, tried to do it's the like, Robocop it's thing. It's like too, watching Glenn like, or Glenda. I, <laughs> well, I don't see it quite like that, but no, I, I get it. But just, the, oh, oh, I get it. The dual aspect, I get. It. Okay. It's bugs and sweaters. <laughs> And tap pants. Dugs and yeah. yeah, yes. like, Angora right. troopers. <laughs> I like that. Angora troopers. Oh, and they parachute over Germany in 1943. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Dr. Okay. Head's number three. Number three, uh, everyone's already been talking about her, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take her, uh, Ripley. franchise she's my next heroine uh she is just supremely badass and she has no problem take charge she doesn't take shit from anybody she calls the corporation on their shit and uh even though they shut her down <clears throat> you know she doesn't back down she does things on her own and uh i just think she's one of the one of the best most indelible characters in all yes. of yeah. movie franchise history um i just Really, and I really loved what they did. Even in Alien Resurrection, which, which is an okay movie, I just love what they did with her. They, they kind of made all the elements of her that was so awesome, and kind of tweaked it. Yep. Even more, I made her even that. more badass. And so it turns out my number her, three is Ripley. Her badassery is in her genes, because it seems to carry down through, you know, the eons. You know, her 
using her genes endlessly to replicate her. And yeah. she's still like the Benny a fucking Jones, badass, right? her own person and all that stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting idea. I, I think that's neat. I'm going to jump in on that because that was my number three as well. So, uh, you know, that put her in the same position. And uh, I think I like her in the first movie and I like her in uh, the fourth movie, you know, a lot. Uh, and they kind of can get all over the place with her. She becomes, too, I don't know, in uh, what, uh, the second movie? That feels like a completely different uh, movie than the first movie. Oh, no, but yeah. I still like it, though. I, oh, I do, too, but it's... it's uh, like a roller coaster yeah, ride like versus a haunted house. No, yeah, I, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah. It, it was just... Yeah. It was yes. a, but yeah. I still really like it. But what I, what I like about her in the first one is she when she starts doubting what's going on with the whole thing and what the priorities of the corporation are, she gets this look on her face that I'm like, I would not want to be on the receiving end of that look. You know what I mean? <laughs> She just looks like she's figuring shit out and she's about to take everything down, you know, and uh, and that intensity just really struck me. And then when she gets scared at the end, you know, she's got to kill that thing, but she's obviously terrified. I'm like, that's some fucking acting. Oh, I agree. Yeah, terrific, uh, terrific acting. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, a terrific character. It engaged you, and it was yeah. You don't see that very much in the genre anymore, and it's just kind of. <coughs> I thought, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and uh, I think in that movie, the other thing was is there was uh, very little um, kind of like sexist talk at all. You know, it was like just naturally they were all and almost kind of androgynous and on if, that ship. And if there was, it was stomped down quick. Though. It was, or or they were, you know, it was just, uh, and I think it was very minimal. You know what I mean? There, yes. there just wasn't a lot it of was, it. It was, no, but it established the idea. The, on, the only time they did it was, I didn't think they did it because Ripley was a woman, was uh, what's the two guys that were fixing things. Harry Dean Stanton and Yafet Kodo. They have all that steam on, and as soon as she walks yeah. away, they just turn it off. And no, that laughing. was just, that was just, yeah. 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 Those were guys just closely working with Fucking each other. with authority. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, and the funny thing is, she's got a smile on her face. She knows they're yeah. fucking with her. Yeah. So. <laughs> Management. Uh, that's good writing. <laughs> good writing, good acting. Good yeah. acting. Yeah, it's all really good that's stuff. True. So, uh, so I guess, uh, who has, uh, Dr. Tar, are you the only one left that hasn't done number three? Oh, okay. I got one. Not that I have a list. <laughs> How about, uh, what's her name? Patricia O'Neill in uh, Day the Earth Stood Still. We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic toward the east coast of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drew Pearson. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a space ship in Washington. The Army has taken every precaution to meet any emergency which may develop. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. to give you these facts. But if you threaten to extend your violence, this earth of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. 
about you, what could he do? There's no limit to what he could do. He could destroy the Earth. All vehicles, close in. Let's go. That's a pretty strong woman. I mean, she, first she's a single mother, and then suddenly her son's like cozying up to uh, an alien. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, and at the time, I think very strong woman, uh, and she tries really conflicted about you know just at the end of the the world wars and just the tension at the time. Yeah, Cold War. But anyway, yeah. And yet she tries to balance all this stuff out. And she does, I think. At least the earth wasn't fried, but yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Right. Uh yeah, that's just a great movie. Um Oh, and, and you're and you're right. Her role is just <clears throat> superb. I, absolutely superb. You know, um and, and it's and kind it's of be- it's kind of, it's kind of overlooked. And it's a know? woman yeah, and it's it's a woman's perspective. She yes. has an empathy for what he's trying to say, and, and uh, yeah, it's it kind of breaks the mold at the time. Yes, yes, you know. Yes. Well, yeah. And well, he, the whole idea of the the benign alien coming and our savior. Well, type that, she's, idea. that she's willing and to trust and to listen, and you see that trusting nature and that kind of genuine openness passed down into her son, right? As well, uh-huh. you know, because that's that's how. You know, yes. Klaatu starts making these connections just through her son make, and right. spending the day All together. All the religious elements in this, it's, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's she's a she's a, that's a great character for the fantastic movie. But she's yeah. strong though. I think you know, knowing the norms at the time and stuff like that, and trying to go through all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's well, I think it was a, I think it was more of an honest portrayal of what strength is in a woman of that time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Without, without it being any kind of, yeah. Very realistic way. Yeah. yeah. Without, yeah. Yeah. Being blatant and melodramatic about it. Yeah. Cause and she's I, dealing with the fact that she's on her own. She's a single parent as, as a lot of women were coming in after the world, you know, the war. Yes. So, and dealing yeah. with so her husband being killed She's a positive role model yeah, to, yeah. to show here someone who's being able to survive that and, and move on and uh, take care of her family, you know, and still be astute and, and, and open and smart you know, and willing to take care of things like when, when she's able to to call the robot. You know, she's able to to disarm him, and and um, yeah, it's it's a, she's a strong character. And by the way, I hated the remake. <laughs> I didn't I, see it. I refused. Oh, it's yeah, you, yeah. I like there's I'm some a, kind I'm of like refusal is not I'm, a, I'm a not like a very. I'm, actually, I'm I like some it. elements. Something you know, some way things looked certain ways. I I kind of like that, but. When it got to the human element, that's where it just got like it just, uh, yeah, didn't well, like it. Cool. I think that's number three. Um, has anybody not done their number three? I think we've got them all. <laughs> I'm ready to do number two. <laughs> Is it possible? Just a minute. <laughs> I'm working on number three. It's coming. <laughs> number two's Hold coming. On, I can't. I can't hold it in. Here comes Martha. How do you even do a number three? We are at the two. two. <laughs> We are at the asylum. <laughs> the bleak dark hole. All right. <laughs> Speaking of 
speaking of tar, oh, <laughs> I need a feather to clean this up. Could you dab me? How about a paper? Give me a feather. Okay, so that tar doesn't have too long to think, I'm going to start with him. Number two, uh, hero. Number two, huh? Well, I, I don't have a list. That doesn't there. work out so well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, if we're just going with heroes and just kind of quirky ones, but uh, how about the the professor and uh, Colossus, the doctor <laughs> that created? He's trying to be, you know, he's trying to shut it down. He kind of realizes what the fuck's going yes. on. And, Eric Braden is that his name? Colossus. Is it? Is that uh, the you one know what I'm talking about? Yes. The, it was. Yeah. I saw it as a TV movie. Yeah. Eric Braden, who became a famous, very, very, very soap well opera guy. Soap opera guy, man. Victor. I think he might even. Is he still going? Or Victor Newman, yeah. Young Victor and Newman. the Restless. But anyway, <laughs> I'm pulling this out of my ass. Gadfly knows too much about that. Yeah. I'm pulling. I'm pulling look, this out of my ass. Look, right don't get between me and my programs. I am not. But anyway. His dealing with the the computer that he kind of unleashed. Don't you think that was? I thought, and it was more of a head game, you know, between the two. And it was just, I thought it was. Yeah, we call that a deep pull. (laughs) (laughs) But a good one. Which is ironic. The gay community has the same thing. That's one I would not have thought of. I'm not arguing with it. It's a deep pull. That's what it is. They're always good. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Anywho, has anybody sure, else? Paul Walters would agree. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, has anybody else seen that movie? Oh yeah, as a kid, I loved it. As a kid, I was like, I remember that distinctly. It was on yeah. TV. It was on TV a lot. A lot. And I remember the first time I watched it, Colossus: The Forum Project. Yeah. Yeah. But great. You know, that was my first. Well, no, I take that back. Introduction to AI, but you know, where it became Demon Seed, I think, was mine. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> I like Colossus a lot better, oh, but Demon scarred me. Yes. I remember that, but it, yeah. I still like Colossus <laughs> a little better. But I did like oh, yeah. it in uh, in Demon Seed with that funky robot. Uh, <laughs> yes. I thought that was kind of cool. No, no, the 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 big uh, was that the triangular tetrahedron yeah. type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the, weird. Wait a minute, triangular cool. tetrahedron. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Triangulahedron. It's, it's, triangular it's all pokey. I got that. It's all pokey. Proteus. Wasn't it Proteus? Wasn't Proteus. that the name of that? Yes. The, the computer. Yeah. The that AI. was the other one. Yeah. Well, here's a piece of trivia. Um, what a trivia question, actually. What uh, movie franchise was Eric Braden in? Ooh. From the sixties, seventies, I think he was in the later in the in the a franchise. Movie franchise. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said. I'm hoping franchise. I'm not wrong about this. <laughs> what? Wasn't he in uh, um, Planet of the Apes? Was he Eric Braden? Wasn't he the one that helped like save them or something? <laughs> oh. I yes, you know. yes, he was. I mean, like yes, in the last was. one, the and he takes him to the, the takes him to the circus, and it was, and at the very end of the movie, that they, they get that close up of that baby chimpanzee, mama. <laughs> <laughs> is he right. the owner of the circus? 
No, no, no was, he wasn't. He took him. He took yes. Yeah, that's your Yeah, but he took him. Was that him? Yes. That was Eric Braden. Really? Yeah. Boy, I because he uh, that I've I've kind of they went that's blown right by me. That's the one where the the capsule lands and yes, the three months. Right, the like ski from the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> well, there we go. Otto Hessling. Hess- Hessling. Yeah. yeah. Chalk one up for the gadfly. That's yeah, good. that, that is good. a rare one. I will <laughs> take it. <laughs> yes. You get the trophy today, sir. <laughs> That was my deep pull, boys. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, we're going to move on to Blue Fez. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is... Uh, uh, he had corn. I'm going to borrow a little bit from uh, Dr. Head here. Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. That's my number two. I, again, won't uh, go too much in because we already talked about it. But yeah, no, as, as a kid, love... Uh, Loved robots, the idea of artificial life. So when I read Frankenstein for the first time as a kid, I was completely enamored. And then I discovered, you know, the Universal picture. And I loved that movie. Bride of Frankenstein. I loved all of them. Couldn't get enough of that character. Yeah. That's my two. Yeah, that's a, I I think those are, um, it's really good. What's the one where he says, smoke good. Friends, good. Friend, good. We belong dead. I have a hard time. And that includes young Frankenstein too. <laughs> well, yeah. Number two is where he really starts, you know, becoming. You, know, you 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 start looking at him not as a monster, but as a right, as, correct as a yeah. human, you and know? which is too bad because they. I mean, in, even, movie, in number they one, dumb, it, it, they dummied him down again. Well, then they dummied him down yeah, again. For, just, yeah, which is you know. Yeah, Carlos yeah. didn't want the monster to speak at all, though. You know, he, no, he but uh, Brian Frankenstein. I, but I think it makes a lot more gravitas. Yes. And for, and, you know, well, a lot more and, and read the, the book. You know, the monster is no dummy. No, very intelligent. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, they were looking for just that shock effect, I think. You know, yeah. it's a monster. We're not, we don't, you know. But yet then they then they do start giving it some kind of sympathy. But then it becomes a, this robotic, and then becomes a, yeah more of the the ro- You're right, controlled mm-hmm. by someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bill Lugosi takes over as the creature, or he was yeah. Then the third one was a son of Frankenstein, ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah, you know, takes over as Igor. <laughs> Do you remember Glenn that uh, great monster. Igor? By the way, Do you remember that's that? one of yeah. his best roles, I think. Oh yes, and yeah, the makeup. Totally. I think Jack. The makeup is Jake- great, and and I just think he, he does a great job in that role. He was hunting. <laughs> All right, so let's go number two, Dr. Head. Uh, my number two is Father Damien Karras from The Exorcist. Mm, nice. I, I love the, the Exorcist. It's one of my favorite, most frightening movies of all time. Yo. And <laughs> one of the things I like about The Exorcist most is the, sti- the story about Karras and his, his struggle with his faith. I think it makes him a lot more of an approachable character in human. He's very striking looking, um, as you see in, in Exorcist Three. Uh, I I just I love the character and the side plot, uh, every bit as much as the the possession story with Reagan, and seeing him kind of still muddle through this, his his catastrophic crisis of faith through this horrifying incident, uh, makes him a character who's I, I think is a very heroic character.
Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope, the only hope, the exorcist. He's perfect. It, it, very, so, and and who's the actor that played him? Oh, I can't remember that. Guy's I can't name. remember his name. But he's great. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. That's just. It, but you know, freaking is is. You know, he's freaking. That's just a genius. Uh, Jason movie. Miller. Jason Miller. Okay, thanks. I yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh yeah, and yeah, and you're right. You know, the 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 arc of that character is is just really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, good good backstory, like you said. It and you know, that's what I liked about the book. You know, it, I liked the. It was able to delve more into the backstory of everything, but the movie is is as near perfect as you can get. <laughs> it's yeah. great, and he's and he is definitely a hero, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's still one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. It's uh, oh, yeah. it uh, it gives me the creeps even to this day. Uh, the only <laughs> the only other one that sends chills down my spine is what's the one where the little kids haunt you when you go into their house? Uh, it's not the ring. It's uh. Juan was the Japanese version, yes. wasn't the it? Grudge? The Grudge, the yeah. Grudge, yes, Juan. Yeah. yeah, that whole yeah. idea and those little kids and they, uh, you know, you're like, <laughs> I just, man, every time I see that, I'm like, oh, that sucks, what, you know, that you can be haunted. So, the um, all right, so that's a good one. Number two, Professor Feather. Well, my number two was something that was one that somebody else said. I think uh, Gadfly, you might have said already, um, but I've got an alternative, so I'll, I'll I'll say what my number two is, and then I'll do the alternative. It was kind of hard to choose, the, you know, five. Um, but my number two was uh, uh, Doctor Loomis, Donald Pleasance. Uh, I just think his his whole character from the, the and, and I agree, the two movies are one movie. Uh, Halloween one and two, and his character is—he's—he's he's that quintessential hero, you know, um, with with a little bit of the you know a little bit of the angst thrown in there, but and then you have Donald Pleasance who's just so great. But my other one is uh, Roddy McDowell, Peter Vincent, mm. oh, frightening. Oh, yes. nice. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? 
Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. And I, for for one obvious reason, you know, he's a super, he's a he's a a, a horror host, and uh, I just like the character. I think, and I think it's just I like the the I like the character arc, you know, throughout the movie, and, and so I, I really liked him. So he was he's uh, I'm going to actually put him in as my number two. Oh, that's a good one, and uh, you almost called your yourselves superheroes instead of horror hosts, which uh, <laughs> is why we're in therapy right now. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps on wearing that cape. Yeah. All right, so I guess it's just down to my number two, uh, and uh, <laughs> my number two is Jack Burton and Gracie Law, uh, another duo that I think is great from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. Ow! They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where Big Trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you gonna spring us? I have no idea. There are many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <clears throat> My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Ah! Oh, God, is this really happening? This is gonna take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Huh, yeah. 
You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's all in the reflexes. Oh yeah. Um that's one of my favorite movies. I can watch it anytime. Um the uh you know Jack Burton who uh is basically this blowhard who clearly has uh, establishes that he does have some killer reflexes at the beginning. Um he's just a bit of an idiot, you know, most of the time uh, to get himself in trouble. Um but he's got some of the greatest sayings ever. Like I you know every time he says something you're like, "Oh, I just saw the t-shirt." <laughs> um, you know, I'll never drive uh, faster than I can see. You know, you know, just small stuff like that. China is here. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> I feel kind of good, Wang. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. And then uh, Gracie Law is played by Kim Cattrall. And uh, she's that uh, go-getting reporter. And even though she gets captured again, she's not the victim. As soon as like uh, they come to rescue her and the, the princess, um, she starts beating the shit out of all the, the henchmen as well and banging them over the heads and That's stuff right, like that. That's right, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think at the end, they don't even end up together, which is great. You know, there's yeah. all this flirting yeah. between them and they're like, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> we each other too much. We know each other too well. Yeah, yeah it's not going to work. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, and his, uh, I mean, he, he drives the Pork Chop Express. How you give that up? The check is in the mail. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we are down to our number one hero. Really? All right, uh, I am going to start with Professor Feather. What's your number one? All right. My number one is without, well, I, I was going to say without a doubt. That's not true because there's a doubt. Um, I had to, here again, there's alternatives. Um, one of them was absolutely Lori from um, Halloween. I, I mean, hands down. If, you, if, we're, if we're listing one as, as what we think the tops are, and I'm not really sure that is. I just put it on the list. My other one, though, is one that nobody's chosen, so I'm going to talk about it, and it's uh, Jason Robards from Something This w- Way, we- Something Wicked This Way Comes. Can't even say the movie. Which, which Something Wicked This Way Comes. Coming at me all wobberjaw. Coming this way, and they good. Hellfire storms are coming, an electric storm to clean your streets and wash away your troubles. For every heart, there exists a wish. You ever play the numbers, Mr. Holloway? Hey. Never take risks. For every soul, there burns a desire. Oh, is up. Always was. It smells to me like we're gonna have visitors. But never whisper your dreams, for someone might be listening. <laughs> and for every wish, 
there will be a price. For every desire, there will be a cost. Three o'clock. They call it the soul's midnight. My name is Mr. Dark. I advise you to respect it. Dad, please be careful. Will! Uh, these boys I'm looking for. Perhaps you know them? Fine boy, fine. Both of them quite a credit to this little town, if you want to know the truth. I do want to know the truth, sir. And the truth is that you are lying. I am pricking up my thumb. Something wicked this way comes. Then rang the bells, both loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Where do you come from? The dust. Where do you go to? The grave. Yes. We are the hungry ones. Your torments call us like dogs in the night. And we do feed. And feed well. Tell me where the boys are hiding. And I can make you young again. Ray Bradbury's fantasy tale of light and darkness is getting closer. Something wicked this way comes. Ray Bradbury's story, and nice. I, I just really um, like his character, and I thought they did a good portrayal because it's one of my all-time favorite books. And I think, that was Disney I think too, they did, it? and it was Disney, yeah. yeah. And I think they did a great job. Uh, what's his name? Jonathan Price, was it, that played da- yes. Mr. Dark? Mr. Dark, yes. Excellent. I just loved the movie, but I liked his character. And I, I you know, I just, I just thought that was a, a great positive portrayal of a, of a human being. And I like that. I, I just, I, I like that. Yeah, so that's my number one. Yeah, that's a, it's good. And the fact that Disney is, I mean, they had some kind of uh, edgier subjects. What was the one? Uh, Escape they from started Witch, to at that time. Yeah, yeah, Escape from Witch Mountain. Oh, yeah. You know, and Return Hole. to Witch Mountain. Yeah. Black Yeah, Hole. those are fun movies, too. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so that's I said. I think they, you know, there's a, they had some some good ones in there. I, there's other ones I'm just not thinking of, but uh, that's good. Um, all right. So let's go next to Dr. Head. What's your number one? Uh, 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 can I can I make a, a radio request? Uh, me and Bubba, my little brother, we listen to <laughs> it every night. Music is my life. My number one is Chop Top from Touch Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> Thirteen years ago, audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. In the wake of this bizarre rampage, he vanished. Now, after more than a decade of silence, 
he has come out of hiding. Chainsaw Massacre 2, The Buzz is back, directed by Toby Hooper. He embodies Halloween. It's manic. It's crazy. Over the top. It's bloody. Uh, you did him. <laughs> and you like got to you you itch that itch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 and uh, Chop Top uh, is just an, a crazy character, insanely over the top and uh, hysterical, uh, funny as hell and uh, murderous you know it's it's like the best of all that halloween is supposed to be just fun and that, scary that whole movie. and insane and he's wearing a kind of a crazy costume you know he's looking like he's wearing makeup he's got the plate in his head he's got the sunny bono wig do oh god damn it well at least he didn't mess me up and dennis hopper is in the movie too and, yeah, and dennis hopper right uh is in chainsaw <laughs> So the yeah, Chop Top represents Oscar. Halloween. Uh, is is a hero, and I think he's just a fantastic character. Oh yeah, just some of the crazy stuff in there. And you know, I'd never seen that movie until I listened to Primus, and in one of the songs, it's, it comes up with this thing. It says, "Dog will hunt." Um, <laughs> Dog will hunt. Yeah, and I'm, right. and I'm you like, get that bitch left the face. Yeah. Dog will hunt. Yeah. And I w- I didn't know what yeah. that was from, so I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, that's from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, uh, and I'm like. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I've never seen that one. And they're like, what? <laughs> uh, so I watched it and I'm like, this is awesome. This is so crazy. I mean, just the whole part of him having, what was it? Uh, the coat hanger that he would heat up, scratch yeah. his head with it. Light, and he then, has a lighter and he's scratching his, his the scabby plate. edges of his uh, plate and then, he, and then he eats it, yeah. right? Doesn't he like lick yeah. it off the end? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 That is so, uh, yeah, it's just very, um, I don't know. I, I put it in there with uh, stuff like uh, Reanimator and... Uh, you know, those kinds of uh, just crazy characters you know, out in the left field. Uh, that's a good one. That's a deep pull, Dr. Head. Deep, <laughs> deep pull. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's go to uh, Mr. Blue Fez. What's your number one? Alrighty. Well, okay, so I'm going to switch genres here. I'm going to switch over to science fiction. And I have to say, this was a tough list to put together because uh, I share a lot of the. Um, likes from everybody else's list but when i kind of have to put it all together and i think about um you know the media i've consumed since i was a child uh, my number one is and will always be leonard nimoy's mr spock from the original star trek forward with us 300 years into the future to confront the greatest mystery ever to threaten mankind we are aboard a huge starship called the enterprise this is the return of captain kirk an alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet mr spock i offer my services as science officer dr mccoy scotty and joining them on their mission commander will decker and navigator ilea I'm sorry. That you left Delta Four? Or that you didn't even say goodbye?
back in impulse power. Four hertz. Wormhole distortion is overloaded main power systems. The laser are all harder. This, then, is the epic journey of the Starship Enterprise, traveling to the outer limits of time and space to challenge a vast, living machine of destruction. The human adventure is just beginning. Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, my uh, grandmother, my dad's mom was a big fan of Star Trek. And I, my dad was a little bit. And I remember when I discovered it, it was the animated series by Filmation uh, in 72 and 73. And then when the reruns started uh, on television, that's where I picked it up, you know, along with Batman and whatnot. Which would have been a hard one because Adam West would have been the other backup number one. Uh, but there was something about his character for me uh, that kind of resonated with me. That outsider, you know, wasn't didn't quite fit in, kind of had to learn how to work with everyone else. But ultimately, you know, everybody would come to depend on him. And, and he brought... You know, in a show that could easily be seen, and they're not that there weren't silly episodes that could easily be tossed aside as just kind of cheese. Um, there was a he brought this sort of gravitas to the role um, that he, he just I was immediately drawn to the character, and through every iteration he played up until you know the very end, that that was you know I couldn't. Uh, Oh, how do you want to say it? Uh, there, it was just, I, I would watch it if he show up and just, yeah, I know it's hard for me to describe. I just, I really loved the character. I loved his portrayal. Um, you know, I thought they did a good job getting Zachary Quinto in the, the remake. He did, he did a good job. Spock's a little bit different, but you know, the minute that Nimoy shows up in that 2009 Star Trek movie, you just get that like, Ah, we're home, you know, even though he's doing that kind of handoff. But yeah, for me, Leonard Nimoy, number one, always will be. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, growing up watching Star Trek, you know, as a teenager, um, it, you know, and I was big into science fiction, so it wasn't my you know, favorite science fiction, but Leonard Nimoy as Spock really resonated with me. Um, I really liked him a lot, you know, he, uh, he was... above all the other characters. He was my all, you know, absolute favorite character. And it was all it, it, not the character. It, and there again, it wasn't just the character. It's Leonard Nimoy, right. you know, mm -hmm. it's him, you know, he, that, there's, yeah. there's a quality he just brought to it that nobody else would have done. The lack of emotion. Well, he uh, did. Well, yeah. Which yeah. was good. I mean, that was, he was just really. I loved good. it how they were different, but they weren't too different. I had, but the, that was true with all. I owned people. his album that he put out, and one <laughs> the one where he sings the Hobbit song. Yes, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> yes, put me I bought that, you know, and I thought, man, you know, this is so horrible. But but I listened to it over and over because <laughs> I thought it was just there again. It was horribly cool. <laughs> <laughs> Live long and prosperous. Yeah, and the, the, some of the episodes in this original series that I love the most, I forget the name of the episode, but it was where the, the plants. 
burst <laughs> out and they 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 make people uh, it's almost like a drug and yeah. spock acts human he falls in love yes and, uh, yes. and i remember the last line it's so heartbreaking uh, he said something like, for the first time, I felt happiness or something like that. And that's how it ends. It's just a strong punch. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, you know, and that those episodes where you, you sympathize with, with Spock and you finally see that breakthrough. It's almost like Frankenstein in a way. You get that detached, this this trying to be this logical in, creature. Yeah. But in the unedited fantastic. version, he kind of goes, yeah, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's converting the other. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ah, uh, so virgin <laughs> therapy. Sorry, that was really bad Asian. <laughs> Cantonese. Um <laughs> We here of the Cantonese Republic. All right, so Tar, what is your number one? Oh. Not that I have a list. <laughs> that joke's Tattoo dead. <laughs> so I'm trying. That I'm joke's gr- dead. I'm great. No, it's not. I'm still beating it. <laughs> well, I'm trying. Death to is a matter of perspective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how about uh, how about uh, Professor Quartermass? Who were they running from? What have they seen? Whom do they fear? There are five million answers to these questions, and every one of them is a shocker. Terror, five million years old, spills into our time to make two worlds collide. What is happening here and now can affect the next five million years. It was what I was afraid of. The thing got a huge intake of energy. The very substance of it seemed to be coming alive. And you can't see this world any longer. They feel it. They see it. The archaeologist who digs back into the past to unearth more horror than the human mind can bear. Quatermass, the scientist, who comes face to face with five million years of terror. Rooney, it's Barbara. She's the one. Get down here, quick. She can see into the pit and knows the terrifying truth. He can see into the pit, but he will not believe what he sees. They were coming. Who? What were? Them. Them. He saw the creatures. They were alive. Alive? You descend into the pit of hell as you share their horror. Listen, I'm advising you all to leave. There may be grave danger. I tell you, this could be dangerous. Get back! Get back! Wait! Don't panic! Wait! Pull yourselves together! 
everybody hated that guy, but yeah, that guy, <laughs> but that guy, like he, uh, he, he stopped what, like three alien invasions. Like what the fuck? That's true. That's yeah, like, Quater, that's Quater true. Man, that's the first yeah. I've ever seen. For a grumpy like, old motherfucker, he just like, <coughs> yeah, well, not really. You gotta. <laughs> anyway. He's got like no patience. He doesn't suffer fools lightly. Right. No. You know, he's really <laughs> bristly. And don't you know? go under the tar tank, apparently. <laughs> was... uh, that's why you don't like him. <laughs> I still need to watch those. I don't think I've seen them. Oh, yes, oh, you have. Wow. <laughs> those are so good. Yeah. They're, they yeah, yeah. And they are. They are pretty good. No, I, I agree. That's what I've heard. As I, like I said, I just haven't, I didn't have that chance. Yeah. He's supposed to be the cold rat. It's like one of the first kind of like an X-File type thing. He became the cold rationalist that was exploring yeah. these wild eyed things going on anyway i and just the, i just like saying quite a mess quite a mess quite a mess it's quite a mess all right well my number one we'll keep this brief because my number one was ash from uh the evil dead um <laughs> nice. and uh, you know we've talked about him In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. And a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero. The swallow us all. And I'm about to die! What it got was him. Groovy. Get all your shoelaces untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped. In the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words, Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, when the army spoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. Now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. Sheila! With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Look out! Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Director of Dark Man yes. comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. They suck. Army of Darkness. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan, just like uh, Professor Feather and probably everybody else here. Um, like everything he does. I uh, got a chance to see him live uh, when he was. Uh, uh, touring with his movie, they call me Bruce, um, and he's uh, every bit as uh, charismatic and witty uh, in front of an audience when they're asking him questions. Is you know, <laughs> he is in his characters, so it was pretty that's, fun. That's a cool factor right there. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I took my son to see him, and my son was just couldn't even ask him a question. He was so awestruck, um, <laughs> and because he's grown up, you know, watching his movies and stuff, and and loved Briscoe County at that time. You know, just was really getting into that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So that's our number one for Halloween. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say!
I will admit there were a lot of good number twos in that episode. Yeah, yeah. That's what we specialize in. Yeah, who's going to clean this up? My number ones take a while these days. <laughs> take a number. There's a lot of not done yet. Trip, trip, trip. Like a coffee maker over here. This is dribbling Dr. Tar. <laughs> This is Professor Feather. <laughs> Shaking it off. <laughs> this is the midnight micturating gadfly. <laughs> this is I can't wait to go pee, Dr. Head. Tenton. <laughs> and this is Bwong. The blue fez keeping his legs crossed because he really, really has to go. Stage fright. <laughs> and you are listening <laughs> to... You can find us all over the internet. Just go to unsaneradio.com. That has all the links. All the links. Check links. And if it doesn't, send me an email. Unsaneradio at gmail.com. Radio Unsane on Twitter. Mark Justice on Facebook. Mark Justice, writer. He's got a new book coming out. Psycho Cinema on Facebook. We Freaks on Facebook. We. Tarnfeather.com. We're all over the place. Check us out on Vimeo. You can see a lot of our episodes on Vimeo. Archived. For your edification. And ours. <laughs> I found a lot of episodes there that I hadn't had before, so.